0: Thank you. And here today is your host, Stuart Smith.
1: Welcome back, everybody, and thanks so much for making us part of your day and part of your due diligence as you look for smart and fresh plays out there in the market today. And today, to that end, we're speaking to, for the very first time, Ucor Rare Metals Incorporated. The company's traded on the TSX Venture Exchange, the TSX.V, under the ticker symbol u-c-u and here in the states under the ticker symbol u-u-r-a-f on the o-t-c-q-x the company you can find out more about them at their beautiful website and that's ucore.com spelled u-c-o-r-e and of course i implore you to go to investor brand network click on the clients tab they're in alphabetical order you will find ucore rare metals incorporated but we're lucky enough today to be joined by the chairman and CEO of the company, and that's Pat Ryan. Pat, thanks so much for making time to speak with us today.
2: Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on the call.
1: Absolutely. So, of course, your shareholders, your investors, and our readers and Investor Brand Network know exactly what your company does. But before we get any further in this interview, for those who may not be familiar with your company, if you will, tell us a little bit about the business model and the company itself.
2: Yeah, Ucor Rare Metals is involved with critical metal Separation technology and what that means is that a lot of your new uh, 21st century tech whether it's wind energy whether it's electric vehicles They're all driven by critical metals In fact, There are six times more critical metals in an electric vehicle That you would see built today than there is an internal combustion engine vehicle and these critical metals are the things that make the batteries work metals like lithium and cobalt and nickel Uh, Or in particular uh, things like the electric motor in an electric vehicle. They're driven by rare earth um, Uh, permanent magnets. And those permanent magnets are made with rare earth elements, rare earth oxides specifically. For large offshore wind, which is a very up and coming, you know, trend as we look to reduce CO2 in the atmosphere, those large offshore wind turbines, the generators are made again with permanent magnets, which are very powerful uh, permanent uh, rare earth magnets that allow the uh, transition of electrical energy into mechanical energy. And that that critical mineral need is what 21st century requires ex-China. China has actually cornered a lot of these materials, in particular with rare earth and some of the battery metals as well. And, you know, if you look at the global landscape, you've got to figure out ways to feed the North American or the ex-China and the European as well opportunities. So these these new techs and this 21st century um, revolution for energy and, and greenhouse gas reduction is made possible. So we're, we're focused very You know, the the hammer right on the nail. We're trying to get this job done in the mid-market of the uh, critical metal processing and refining. Uh, It's quite an opportunity.
1: It sounds like an opportunity and it sounds like a unique opportunity for potential investors as well to be in a burgeoning area. Looking at the investment considerations at the IBN website, investorbrandnetwork.com. Uh, obviously, there's a great YouTube video as well embedded right next to those investment considerations. So, once again, listeners, make sure you visit that profile page under the clients tab. So let's learn about you as our guest. You're the chairman and CEO of the company. Let's learn about your background and then any other key members of the team around you.
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, my background, I'm a mechanical engineer, but um, I've had a career in the automotive industry. I founded a tier one automotive company about 26 years ago now as a very uh, young mechanical engineer and developed with uh, you know, innovative ideas, innovative materials, uh, recycled materials, lighter weight materials different ways to feed the automotive industry and supply it as a Tier 1 supplier to that uh, that particular uh, market. And uh, the Tier 1 supplier um, steward is the most complex and, and uh, difficult supply position to be in. So you're supplying customers like uh, Stellantis or uh, Ford or General Motors in Detroit, uh, the Japanese three known as Honda, Nissan, Toyota, and, and you, you get to understand their profile, what requires. Um, what it requires to do business with these companies. And I've had a career doing that and building plants too, you know, building industrial plants that go from inventive ideas to innovation. There's a difference between in- invention and innovation. Invention is the eureka moment. Innovation is when you actually put it into practice and that means you've commercialized it. So you've gone beyond the napkin and the eureka moment. You've taken it to commercialization and I've had a career doing that as well. So I'm very comfortable with this particular market because the need for westernized unique technology to be scaled up to a commercial level is certainly uh, been in my wheelhouse. We have some other really good team players as well. Mike Schreider, he's our chief operating officer. Mike has had a career, started out in the shipbuilding industry, uh, designing and building ships. So again, the building part where you're actually building things and getting them ready for for launch and for readiness. He's been involved with different manufacturing plants. And he's been driving our team forward with the Commercialization of our technology to amp up to a, a separation facility, currently targeted uh, separation facility number one, targeted for the Gulf States, Louisiana specifically. And I know we can talk about that a little further on. So Mike's very capable. He works with a team of engineers um, from Kingston Process Metallurgy. They're metallurgists, they're chemists, they're on the UCOR team, and they, um, they're involved with taking our technology known as Rapid SX technology and scaling it up to a commercial level. We have a commercial demonstration plant in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, and that plant is actually now being commissioned and it's actually starting to process tens of tons of rare earth concentrate into rare earth oxides, which is happening nowhere in North America. It's the first off in North America and it's very unique because that that trialing and that workup will um, get you to qualifying for automotive companies and and wind energy people like GE Renewables. It'll, It'll create that landscape. So the team of people at Kingston Process Metallurgy, uh, uh, principals like Boyd Davis, uh, who's a PhD and very skilled, they're, they're all part of the team as well. We're also working with a group out of the Boston area known as MECCHEM. And the MECCHEM team have a series of engineers that have built industrial processing plants that are involved with chemicals. Uh, the chemicals used traditionally in China for separating rare earth elements that we're talking about here is our first venture. There's solvent extraction in nature, and with solvent extraction, a lot of that's chemical-driven. So chemical processing plants are in the wheelhouse of MetChem, and Ralph Cook over there, who's the CEO, he's working with the u team and and very capable. We've got capable financial people, Peter Manuel, who's had a career in the capital markets and understands all the structuring and financing tools that are available to move your plan forward. So it's a really uh, wide and strong team. We've been working together together. Quite, uh, quite well now for at least two and a half, three years as we look to take our idea of this mid-market separation refining up to commercial scale. R- really great group.
1: Well, it is a great group because I had an opportunity to look at the group. Listeners, go to ucore.com, cruise over to the About section, then click on Team. And you can see a bio on many of the team members that Pat just told us about. Pat, the year 2022 was a unique year for a lot of companies as we transitioned out of a global pandemic and into more of a normalcy or at least our new normal. Tell us about some of the milestones as you see for your company last year. And then I'll ask you about your goals for the company here in 2023. Go ahead, Pat.
2: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, you know, the the pre-pandemic world was one of, you know, globalization. And if you look at the automotive market specifically, you know, they typically divide it up into three different markets. You've got your Eastern, Western European markets, you've got your North American, South American market, and your Far Eastern market. And they typically have all been profit centers. They've all been sort of cross-pollinating with supply chains back and forth to, to make profitability in each of those three different sections. But when the pandemic hit, you know, the, the thought of globalization became a little more localized. With that localization, created, uh, it created an opportunity, in particular with the um, renewable energy and uh, the production of greenhouse gases. And in 2022, as supply chains started to right-size, you know, there were a lot of shortages in 21, you might recall, with uh, in the automotive industry, semiconductors were in short supply. There were all sorts of things that were, were backed up and anyone trying to build a building or, or do anything. It was just uh, crazy with delays that, that were um, impacted upon the supply chains of North America. So in 2022, our team really focused on taking the, um, the technology that we had acquired by a company known as Innovation Metals Corp. We purchased them in 2020, May of 2020. And in 2022, we went about uh, taking that technology and developing a uh, what we call a commercial demo plant. And the commercial demo plant is really a way of saying okay let, let's take this technology that's got a real fighting chance for commercialization and let's put a demo plant together that can create various metrics that we can measure we can run campaigns and we can understand what the technology can do and, and it's very important to get that plant put together so we uh, we did that in 2022 and that plant is now actually running in kingston ontario canada we also worked on um what we we'll call upstream relationships as i think about the supply chain nodes you have your, your upstream You have your mid-market, where the refining happens, which is what we're talking about specifically, and your downstream, which your customers, people like Ford Motor Company or Tesla or GE Renewable and and others. On the upstream, we also worked with developing relationships with concentrate people that were uh, U.S. friendly, and I'm talking about rare earth specifically here. There were U.S. friendly uh, companies in that uh, we're looking for an ex-China solution because of the geopolitical you know, tensions that are rising. You've got to develop something for the North American supply chain. So we, we develop relationships with companies um, in Canada, in South America, Australia, in friendly parts of, of Africa, and all of them being really good inputs for our first separation plant that's now targeted for the Gulf Coast, which is um, specifically in Louisiana. Uh, On the downstream, we were working with customers, so real automotive customers with real electric vehicle build plans. And I I believe the current announcements of, you know, dollars invested, I think it's like $750 billion that's been announced to date with EV transition plans as you go from your internal combustion engine to uh, EV. Uh, My background is automotive, so reaching into the critical supply purchasing uh, departments and figuring out, um, you know, Who's pushing the pieces around on the chessboard to, to get this independent Chinese solution in place? Um, that, that was very, um, very advantageous for me to be able to help the U Port team get that done. So we worked on our tech, getting it ready for the next stages of commercialization. We worked on our upstream, which was the um, uh, the concentrates that were U S. friendly, and we worked on the downstream, which were the customers that want to buy a product. And you know, at the end of the day, you've got kind of to have customers that want to buy product to so it. So it's what makes the whole business plan work. So. All of that was accomplished in um, in 2022, and now we're in 23, and we're we're going even quicker. So I suppose that might be your next question.
1: <laughs> well, it sure is, and I already foreshadowed that. So I appreciate you taking us there. You're taking my job away from me, and that's always a good thing, Pat. So looking forward, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but operationally speaking, what do you want to see your company achieve here in 2023?
2: So in 23, uh, the fact that the commercial demo plant is now running in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, that's a a, a real high point. We actually have people that are uh, in private groups now coming into the facility uh, to see what's been accomplished. Uh, We've got some government activity, both on the U.S. and Canadian side, and they're very interested in what we've done because this commercialization and the uh, the ability to create an independent North American supply chain at the refining and processing side for Rare Earth, is key, so bringing people in to see the facility running, look at the campaigns that we're running, uh, gathering uh, metric and data, and then engineering the the scale up to get to the uh, the actual commercial plant. Uh, On that front, we've actually, um, part of our 22 mission was to settle on a region which became the Gulf States, and there were several um, uh, opportunities that the Gulf States presented. One was the inbound freight potential. Uh, There's some really good inbound shipping ports in Louisiana specifically. Um, we looked at a, um, uh, an opportunity for a brownfield and by brownfield, uh, Stuart, I mean uh, not a greenfield where you say, hey, here's a set of construction plans. Let's build this building back to supply, change in delays. I think steel would probably take you at least a year and a half to at least get the, uh, the steel in place. So that's not a quick way to get to market. Um, we located, uh, we had located in 22, at least 10 what we call brownfield potential sites In uh, 23, we're now very close to choosing one facility and that one facility will then become the um, building within which we build the Rapid SX or the refining processing plant. So a smaller version being built in Kingston or being commissioned and running in Kingston right now, that smaller version will scale up to a a much bigger facility in uh, in the Gulf States. First one being um, Strategic Metals Complex in Louisiana. We will select that building. We anticipate that will happen um, by Q2 of this year, of 2023. And then from that point, uh, we'll start to incorporate all the engineering that's been put to work, um, dropping in different pieces of equipment, uh, upgrading uh, as required from structural steel to electrical systems to heating and ventilation. And you can tell I've had a career doing all of that. and, And it's very second nature for myself to work with the team in that regard. And looking at all the inbound and outbound logistics and working with our customers specifically on what they'll require for shipping containment and that type of thing in 23 that plan will be in play and 24 we'll, con- we'll continue with the construction with the anticipation by the end of 24 we'll be ready to supply product to a market that uh, has not had this rare earth oxide which will make permanent magnets which will make the energy transition all possible so it's a uh, it's a lot of engineering development. It's it's solidifying and putting pen to paper on the um, upstream feedstock agreements. It's solidifying and putting pen to paper on the downstream customer arrangements, and putting the whole business plan in focus so that you're ready to uh, ready to run and and um, do what needs to be done. So it's not a uh, it's not a let's talk about it. Let's let's roll our sleeves up and get it done. And that's uh, that's where my career has been. So that that's a 23 um, 23 plan, Stuart
1: well Pat it's been wonderful speaking with you and incredibly informative because at the outset of this interview I didn't know much about this new and rapidly growing market any closing thoughts or comments for the shareholders and of course our listeners
2: well you know I, I think it's an interesting point in time you know the um, again this back to localization of supply and the need to secure things like critical metals for the next wave of energy transition and uh, global energy transition really is it's really it a, is a once-in-a-generation opportunity and you know It's very concerning that China's dominance of rare-earth oxides in particular leaves North American manufacturing vulnerable You know when you think about a steward all the automotive jobs that exist with the internal combustion engine in North America today if we don't supply uh, the critical elements that are needed to take the next wave of electric Electrification electric vehicles into play then potentially those jobs end up back in China and it's not a stretch to think that the permanent magnets for the uh, separation facilities in China that are currently, you know, globally controlled, that, that they would not just want to have people set up in China to uh, take advantage of, you know, those, those inputs. And, and that could be very damaging to North America. So we're on the right track of getting this done for uh, an independent supply chain. Uh, these rare earth oxides, as we've noted, are, are they're crucial to, uh, you know, re- renewable energy generation, uh, significant growth, by the way. You know, three billion dollars in in twenty thirty of rare earth uh, twenty twenty of rare earth oxides becomes uh, you know more like thirty billion dollars by twenty thirty. So it's a it's a huge growth curve. We're working to take a certain percentage of that that ex China market. It's probably about a fifteen billion dollar ex China rare earth oxide market. We're looking to target about twenty percent of that with um, actual uh, you know rare earth separation facilities partner agreements and upstream downstream and prices are uh, continuing to rise because supply is yeah, short we're on the right track we're very unique and we're looking to take what we're doing today and then uh, build the next one which is let's take a closer look at cobalt let's look at nickel let's look at um, you know lithium and make those things work for us as well
1: that's excellent pat because that's a point i was going to make can this easily transition into some of these other corollary markets
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, they, I'm a big fan of Focus. Uh, I see many companies that uh, go all over the place and they don't pick a lane. And when they don't don't pick a lane, it gets watered down pretty quick. And, uh, you know, the engineering assignments to actually get a job done and get commercialization are quite significant. So stay focused, get it done. That's where your core is.
1: Yeah, that's a great point and a great assessment right there. We're speaking with Pat Ryan. He is the chairman and CEO of UCore Rare Metals, and I want you to look at the company by using those ticker symbols: TSX Venture Exchange, UCU OTC QX UURAF. Of course, here at Investor Brand Network, there is a comprehensive overview of the company and as well at ucor.com. Pat, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to speaking with you again as more great news for your company hits the press wire. Good luck to you, your entire team here in 2023 and well beyond.
2: Thank you, Stuart.
1: All right. For Pat Ryan, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening.
0: This audio production is an original broadcast provided by Bell to Bell, B2B, and all rights are reserved. B2B is your primary destination for informative updates and exclusive interviews with executives operating in fast-moving industries. We make market hours more informative with deep dives into the stocks on our watch list and in-depth examination of the trends guiding North American markets forward. Bell to Bell is another trusted brand under the Investor Brand Network, IBN. IBN may receive payments for corporate communication relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its client partners. You should assume that officers and directors of IBN or financial analysts mentioned hold a position in and may intend to trade the securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be or should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by IBN is not purported to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used in statements of fact have been obtained from featured company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by IBN as to completeness and accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at investorbrandnetwork.com.